0: Financial advisor, Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. This is InvestTalk. It's Tuesday, November twenty second, two 2022. And before we get started, I just wanted to mention briefly that today is pretty important American American history. In American history, people of certain age, like myself, might remember where they were when the news... I was just a kid. When the news about the assassination of President Kennedy... That came over radio and TV. There was no smartphones, no internet, no social media back then. It was either TV or radio is where you heard it. It was November twenty second, nineteen 1963, 59 years ago today. I was a kid, but I do remember it. I remember being at school when that happened. Elementary school, but school. The Dow Jones Industrial had closed at $732, $732.65 the previous day, and hit a high of 7.39 earlier that Friday, but it quickly plunged to 7.10 before trading was halted at 2.07 p.m. Eastern Time. So, of course, there's been many changes since that time in our society and the stock market, and, of course, you know, 700 points is pretty low compared to what it is today, but that was history. Well, Thanksgiving is only a couple days away, everybody, and it might be uh, tempting to pretend the market today is just like it was last year at this time but that can be pretty dangerous market dynamics are constantly changing you need to pay attention and react to the one to the real time changes that we're seeing if not your portfolio isn't properly balanced if not it's got to be optimized you really got to take a look at it you don't have to make changes every day i'm not even talking about every week or even every month you just got to be aware of the changes that you might need to make based on what's going on in the marketplace and with your individual portfolio and how much risk you're willing to take and wanting to take. So just, just, just be aware and know what's happening with your money. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today on this radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy and all the decisions you need to make. In fact, I look forward to doing this investor podcast two, three times a week with Justin. Justin Klein is the other, is my partner. He does it the rest of the time. And the phone number, it is a call-in show, and the phone number never changes. So you can call in any time, 25 hours a day, seven days a week. It's number eight eight 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T, 888-99-CHART. And of course, I got material to go over like I do every time. Rising interest rates have pushed down bond prices. They've done that this year because the Fed's been pushing up rates. Higher interest rates push down the value of the bonds in your portfolio or in a mutual fund or whoever's holding the the bonds in their portfolios. So, going to be my focus point. Do rising interest rates make a bond ladder ETF more appealing? Time per I'll also get into a couple other things. There was no data out. There's no uh, economic data out so far, Monday, Tuesday, so that's not out there. Dividend... Uh, um, divide, uh, you know, we, we gotta talk about what's gonna happen at the election. The election, I don't wanna get into politics. I'm, that's why I'm hesitating. I don't like getting into politics. But when a Congress has a, has a divide, is divided like it is now, with Republicans and Democrats, markets react a certain way. So I want to talk about that a little bit, okay? Sometimes during the show, I want to discuss that that division and what does it mean for us investors, okay? And there's a, I got the latest survey on retired persons and what they have saved. The age group between 65 and 74 and those people over 75, 75 and up, I should say. So I wanna talk about that. And excess savings from the COVID spending spree and giving away free money and stuff is done. It's over. So what is that gonna mean for the economy and the stock market? Doesn't mean anything. So those are things I want to get to if we can. I think those are things that most people want to talk about or see. So we're gonna get to those things, I promise you that um time permitting i also going to talk about um, something that you know what might be more more meaningful you before the end of the year and that's tax planning if we can get to that i'll talk about it but tax planning is you know something you can do stuff about it we're late november so you got the rest of november and into december to make decisions and it's kind of important. The Dow today was up three hundred ninety-seven points. To a couple of updates, up days. Up one point one percent. S and P up fifty-three sixty-four, and Nasdaq up one hundred and forty-nine or one hundred and fifty points. That's a one point three percent for both the S and P and Nasdaq. So we had a pretty good day on the marketplace. Okay, um, and I and you know there's there's not a lot of uh, information coming out. Well, there's no economic data, so that didn't push it. So what's moving the markets? Hmm? It's a good time of the year. This time of the year is when markets usually rally. You know, um, in November, December are two two of the best months of the year. Maybe that's what we're seeing. Just a routine, you know, up market not a big and, and the market's down for the year we're still not even where we were or close to where we were when we started the year so that's not happening but just be aware of that so that's what we're going to get to but while we're here why don't we go ahead and take our first call let's talk to uh roger in the bay area hi roger yeah hey steve uh nice talking to you uh, long you. time listener of the show I
2: appreciate everything that you guys do for the listeners Thank you. Appreciate. So I have a question regarding a uh, regional uh, bank. That okay. is, uh, the bank is Regions Financial, ticker okay. symbol RF. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to add uh, a regional bank to my portfolio, and I was looking up at this uh, company. The numbers look good to me. wanted to see what's your take on it. I almost 15% rise from the lows in October. Mm-hmm. What is my... You know the right time to uh, to dive into it or uh, give it some time to settle down wanted to know what your take on it
1: okay it's a pretty good bank regions financial corp symbol is r f as in frank holding company where Regions bank operating through 1302 offices in 15 states in the south and midwest um they announced uh, in April that they're going to buy back $2.5 billion worth of their common stock. It's a $21 billion company. So that's that's about 10% or more. That's pretty good. Um, they make money. have always made money for many years, and their earnings have gone up pretty steadily. They're going to make 2.31 this year per share, $2.31. Next year, $2.49, and it's a $22 stock. That means it's under 10 P.E., um, the range is five to 20 on the PE from the last five years, but I think that's a pretty good price. Return equity is very good at 14%. Yield is three and a half percent. That's pretty darn, pretty good darn dividend yield, on my opinion, three and a half percent. They don't have a ton of debt. Uh, management owns 1%. Mutual funds are slowly buying it over the last year and recent quarters, their sales have been going up. So I kind of like it. Now, is this the proper price? Should you buy it here? Well, it seems like it's stuck in a range between 18 and 2526. And it's at 2266. So it's kind of right in the middle of that range it's in. But I, I think I think this is a good place to buy it. I mean, you've got to be patient and just be happy with a dividend until you know it rise. You could see if it pulls back to the 18, 1850, 18, 18.50 range and be a buyer there so maybe put on half a position and then wait for a better buying opportunity you might not get it but i might that might be a good decision to make thanks for the call I appreciate it roger thank you we're headed into a break elon from San jose hang on you'll be next everyone else i welcome your financial investment questions now no question is too simple or too complex you set the agenda you just call 888-99-CHART.
3: In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, each Invest Talk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. Invest Talk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real-time data research and years of investing experience, 24-7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days. The Invest Talk listener line is open. And waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart.
2: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes, and be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Eight
1: eight eight ninety nine chart 888-99-CHART, chart eight 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 ninety nine chart c h a r t. Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. Let's go to Elon in San Jose. Hi, Elon. Hi. Yeah. Uh, how you doing,
2: Steve?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for the call.
2: Yeah, i got a question about the Scott Simpica DLR. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Okay, digital and, uh, realty.
2: I'm looking to buy it, okay. yeah, to buy it and, and uh, it pays a good dividend. I want your input on it. Is it a good price to buy or should I wait?
1: Okay, let's take so, a let's look.
2: Keep... Okay. So
1: this is a REIT, a real estate investment trust that owns and acquires uh, repositions and manages technology-related real estate in the United States, Europe, and Asia. So it's a real estate vice technology-related. So they probably might buy, you know, those, those uh, server farms that have big buildings with Internet computers all throughout the building. It could buy anything technology-related, um, buildings that you know, are, are specially built for tech companies, that kind of thing. They pay a 4.5% dividend, which is pretty nice. It's a $109 stock. They're going to make $6.31 this year, $6.51 next next year. So that gives you a P of what, around 17 or so? And the the five-year range is 13 to 27, so it's kind of near the bottom. Return on equity is a little low at ten percent, wish it was higher. But cash flow is eleven dollars and sixty-two cents a share. That's very good. The problem with the REITs is interest rates are rising. Okay, so when interest rates rise, their costs to expand goes up because they're putting on, they're buying real estate, right, and they're financing it, and you know they got to work that into their cost structure when interest rates are rising. So that's why you know it probably fell. It was around 175 not that long ago into the beginning of the year, and today it's at 109. So that's why it fell because interest rates are rising. But it might be done. I think it's a good time to think about picking this up because interest rates are still rising, but everybody knows that, and so maybe that is already built into the price. And it did hit a bottom, I mean – I mean, it was a low of $85 a couple, three months ago, and now it's 109. So it's coming off that bottom, and that looks like a pretty strong bottom. So um, I like the 4.5% yield. It's growing slowly. I, I think it's a pretty good stock. Not too much debt. Uh, management owns 1%. Mutual funds are slowly buying. Because you know this is an area which makes it tough. But if you're patient, and you like, and you like to live with a four and a half percent, I'm sure to, I'm sure to go back up. Just got to be patient. DLR, is the symbol, everybody. Thanks, Elon. Appreciate it. So let's keep moving. Let's then get to a voice bank question if we can. Oh, do we have to take a break? We're gonna have to take a break. I spoke a little too long. So we're heading to break. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice questions, of course but we love talking to you live. We take live calls all the time. Our number never changes and it never closes. InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
2: For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99 Chart.
1: 888-99 chart. We're going to talk to Gene
3: in North Carolina. Hi, Gene. Hey Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for I making have a it. General- I have a general question about long-term investing in the index, the um, sure. stock market index. Sure. So, you know, we hear in general these phrases that, let's say, over um, 20 or 30 years, long-term, if you hold the index, there's a tendency for the 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 wealth to go up, that, yes. you, that the, the stock market goes up. There's, a, there's an upward bias in general long-term. Is Correct. that true? Let's say we use the S&P 500 as a proxy for the U.S. stock market. Okay. Is that true for the U.S. stock market only, or is it true for also other developed countries like the FTSE 100 in England, uh, UK, or the Nikkei? I think the 225 in Japan.
1: Well, if you're talking about those two countries, first world countries, the tendency is, is the answer would be yes. Okay, in other countries, merging markets, it's much more volatile. So you can't; it's not nearly as durable. The U.S. market is the you know has been around for quite some time, and so we have a lot of data points over many decades. So we can point to that as saying, well, you know, this is what it was. The bias is about nine to eleven percent average annual return. But remember, Gene, that also includes dividends. Okay, reinvested dividends, and that represents probably three, three and a half percent of that nine to ten percent. Okay, but any there's you it would be very hard pressed to pick any ten year period going back 120, 130 years, and not find that the market didn't go up ten percent a year. Now there are periods that it didn't, but they're rare, they're very rare. So yes it has an upward bias you can buy the indexes and just hold on to it and you'll do quite well now the trick is is when you get closer to retirement are you in are you in a bear market at the time and you need to start using the money just as the market collapsed on you you know that's that's a difficult decision but you know you can manage that decision and you have to realize that you know The market, everybody thinks the index has never changed. They change all the time. They change all the time. Uh, The S&P 500, they add companies and take out companies all the time. It's, It's not managed. It's just like companies go bankrupt. They get purchased. They delist themselves or get delisted. And so they keep adding companies. The Dow is much slower, but that also changes over time. All of them do. So the, the, their effort is to put quality companies in these indexes, which helps you know the indexes go up. I hope that's a good enough answer for you. Appreciate the call, really do. Okay, let's keep moving. Let's go to a voice bank question that came in earlier. Eight 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 ninety nine chart.
2: Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Nick from California. I'm looking at Cummins Motor CMI as a potential purchase. With the uh, fossil fuels being banned in
1: California if they do. Looking at battery powered and also hydrogen fuel cell trucks, I don't think battery will work for commercial trucks, but hydrogen seems to be a viable alternative. So I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on Cummins as a potential purchase, as a play on hydrogen fuel cell, possibly. Thanks. Well, hydrogen fuel cells has been promised a long time and it, it it they they are bigger they take they have to be trucks can use that but i don't think the technology is good enough yet uh that's what i think i think battery technology might move faster and therefore be more of a possibility for the trucks but remember with all haul trucks, those those things take powerful engines, and that's what Cummings does, manufactures diesel, natural gas engines, electric power generation systems, engine-related products. So it's a really good company, $35 billion company, gonna make $19.71 next year. It's a $250 stock. So it's around a market PE, an average PE, what, 15 16 somewhere? That's average. Sales have been going up in recent quarters, which is positive. Uh, and it's also sensitive to the economic cycle. So if we really do go into recession, this stock will get hurt. These are the kind of stocks that work best when, you, when, when, the, when a recession hits. You buy them when they're cheap. But Cummins is a very good company, has been for many years, 26% return on equity. You know, It's just a good, solid company. Um, I don't know if i buy it because of the fuel cell necessarily, but, you know, that's a possibility, but I think that's still pretty far in the future, I think. Thanks for the call. appreciate it. Good question. My trivia question today, Tuesday. So let's talk about history. When it comes to stock market shocks, the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy ranks high in the Wall Street history. So as we go to a break... Here's my trivia question. Can you name three stocks that cause bigger one-day market drops than the Kennedy assassination? Three shocks, not stocks. Can you name three shocks that cause bigger one-day market drops than the Kennedy assassination? I can name two off the top of my head. I don't know if I get three. Well, maybe. I will supply the answer right after the break. My investor phone lines are always open, so give me a call. We love taking live calls. 888-99-CHART.
4: Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at hackerone.com. That's H A C K E R O N E dot com. HackerOne.com. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your invest talk questions on the 24 seven anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay. It's trivia Tuesday, everybody. So let's talk about history a little bit. And I gave you a, qu- I gave you the question before the break. Can you name three shocks that caused bigger one day market drops than the Kennedy assassination? Now we're talking about shocks to the market. Something happened that was shocking. Okay. Kennedy is shot, you know, and in, killed in Dallas, in Texas, on November twenty second, 1963. And a couple years ago, I visited the, the place where he shot. And there's, a, you know, the, there's a little museum there. It's really interesting if you ever get there to Dallas. It's, it's interesting, so I might take a look. Thousands of workers on Wall Street were stunned by the announcement, which was slowly transmitted. Remember, we didn't have Internet, instant messaging, and all that crap. We had teletype machines, one character at a time. So it took a little while for it to get around you know to radio and television and everything else, but the market fell pretty well, in our terms today, maybe not so much, but back then that was pretty it was a pretty uh, pretty big fall of about two point eight percent because of the announcement, and the market was closed forty minutes after the announcement after that everybody knew about it. One of the reasons is because no one knew if that was that was a. Remember, we were in the Cold War with Russia, and was this just a, a, a the first shot across the bows of a war starting? You know, there was all that fear that was there. Okay, so that's you know that was uh, that was why it was closed more than just the fall. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis fell two point seven percent, October tenth, nineteen sixty two. Richard Nixon's Resignation, 1.3%. President Ronald Reagan's attempted assassination, 1, 2, 1.2%. That was 1981. So Pearl Harbor, okay, well, what, what was the larger one-day events between Pearl Harbor, nine eleven, and the Lehman Brothers' bankruptcy? You know? So those are the type of events we're talking about. Now, the, in 1987, what was it? Uh... The 18th of September, or October, no, it was October. Yeah, remember the market crashed, the S&P crash, like 20%. But that wasn't a shock event, That's just market crash. I don't think there was, you know, there was any shocking event that caused it. So it can crash quite hard in one day, and that's, that's one of the worst. Of course, then you got the Great Depression, 19, and what, to 1919, 1929, 1929 after the roaring 20s, big crash. Anyways, those are some of the events, okay? Jennifer San Jose, hi Jennifer. Hi, thanks for taking my call today. I just want to talk
4: a little bit about the financial sector. I am looking to increase my exposure to financial sectors
3: and i'm kind of wondering what what the like like
4: or you know anything like that and i was
1: just curious about you think about k b w r okay yeah i, I kind of the i kind of like the banking sector i'd rather be in the regional banking sector decent sized regional banks than and this this uh, k b w r you're asking about Investco. KBW Regional Bank ETF. It's ETFs performance corresponding to the KBW Nasdaq Regional Banking Index. I kind of like it. It has held up pretty well. Um, I like the regional banks. Now earlier a call came in earlier about a specific regional banks, and you probably know, you all probably know by now that I, of course, would prefer a stock portfolio as opposed to a portfolio of ETFs or indexes. But that's me. And, you know, I manage it much better than most people have time to do the managing. So I don't have a problem with this particular ETF because I like where it is and I kind of like the timing. I like the timing because I think we are closer to the Fed stop raising rates than we are at the beginning. I don't think that, you know, I I can't – no one's going to be able to predict when they're going to stop. But I think they're getting close. Uh, I still think they're going to keep raising rates and i think all oh, the whole market thinks they're going to keep raising rates but i think that's built into the price of these regional banks right now that's kind of why i like them now we are probably going to go into recession uh, i think we are next year now we already were technically in a recession this year but it, you know it was very short lived um, i think we have very possible to go into one next year Will that hurt the regional banks. Well, it would probably affect them, but I don't think it's going to affect them, you know, tremendously. And they most of them pay very nice dividends. Now, this ETF pays a two point two percent dividend, which is kind of on the small side for me, but I do like it. Jennifer, thank you for the call. KBWR. Now, let's go to Nick and Hayward. Wants to talk about Tesla. Hi, Nick.
2: Yeah. Hi, Steve. Thank you for. Taking my call and for the great show, thank you. Uh, I own I own few Tesla, at a you know, of course, I paid higher price a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to buy a few more. So, mm-hmm. what would be a good price to pay for it? Can you please uh, uh, mm. let me know? Thank sure. you. Sure,
1: I'll try to pick a price that looks like. All I can do is look at a chart and say, it looks like it has support about this price. And that means I'm looking back in history and saying, well, when it went at this price, it kind of held and jumped up. So if this is a good support. That's how we know it's support. Uh, Tesla, of course, manufactured high-performance, fully electric vehicles. Everybody knows that. Everybody also knows that they're really high-priced stock, $169. They're going to make $5.82 a share next year which means that their P.E. is finally getting reasonable 30-40 range, which is still very high for an auto company. But but for them, that's a low for them, right? Low P.E. 45 is their low P.E. Um, their return equity is very good at 29%. Sales, sales growth is still very strong. Uh, why is the stock weakening? Because they're getting pretty stiff competition coming in. Uh, and it is a cyclical stock. And... There's concerned that the economic cycle might be weakening going into next year so where can you pick this stock up that might be a great price for it to find that you have to go to a weekly chart you got to go way back to 2020 and i'm going to tell you it's around 135 to 140 dollars a share it's at 169 now there's good support in that area for this company good support and then you have to go all the way down to about sixty dollars a share to find the next support line. But I don't think it's going there. I think it could go to the one thirty-five, one forty area. You know, maybe one fifty somewhere in there. So I, that would be a good support. I'd wait till it stops falling because it's still falling right now. Nick, thanks for the call. Tesla, T S L A, is the symbol. Everybody. My focus point concerns the story behind the question. Do rising interest rates make bond ladders and ETFs more appealing? Bond ladder, ETFs, more appealing. You know what a bond ladder is? Well, if not, let's describe it real quick. A bond ladder uh, is, is, is a buying a group of bonds in varying maturity dates. Okay, so you buy a bond mature in a year, another bond maturing in two years, three years, four years, five years, and you, the ladder is the, the rungs of the ladder are the years going out. When interest rates are falling, you want a short ladder with not too long uh, dates going out. When interest rates are rising, you want to stretch the ladder out because you're trying, even though the bond values go down. When interest rates rise, the yield goes up. The yields are going up and up and up and up. So you're trying to capture the years yield a higher yield as many years as possible. So that's what a bond ladder does. Now, buying a bond ladder ETF and this makes it a little bit more complicated more complicated. Buying bond bond ETFs or bond funds, mutual funds, is more diff is not more difficult more complicated than just buying individual bonds and building your own ladder problem with individual bonds building your own ladder you have to have access to the bonds and know what to buy you know you got to have more knowledge and you don't want to buy junk bonds you want quality bonds you got all these other factors you got to consider buying a bond ladder etf uh, uh they're trying to capture the highest rate doing the same thing they're building a bond ladder trying to capture as much yield as possible, but as the interest rates go up, bond values go down, so the ETF value goes down. So, is it suitable for some people? I, I'm gonna say probably. I, I think it's suitable for people who wanna try to get higher yields and get income as part of a portfolio, an income portfolio. I don't have a problem with that, but uh, it's not for me because i like to buy the individual bonds but for the average person who doesn't know how to get those bonds and doesn't get offered good bonds and doesn't you know doesn't know how to build a, law, a bond ladder maybe in an ETF bond ladder etF is a solution for you so you know we can talk about it you can call our office we'll discuss it with you we yeah, have no problem with that so uh, we are moving pretty steady pace here um, over this the year is almost up. We don't have too many more weeks left in the year. We're in the last quarter of the year. The stock market is still presenting what I call a changing market dynamics, or lots of volatility. And if you're serious about your financial future, you have to deal with this. Deal with and you're always going to have to deal with volatility. Sometimes it's more pronounced. You' got to deal with bear markets where where we're in now, sometimes the last year two years, sometimes three years, sometimes longer, but usually not more than a couple of years and we're into this one pretty much a year right so how do you handle that? You need to update your strategies how you handle that you need to look what you're doing besides just you know evaluate the risks that you're taking the risks that you want to take if you don't know how to do that that's what we can help you with we meaning. Klein Pavlos and Peasley Financial, Justin Klein and myself, Steve Peasley, own the company, manage it. And we're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, between San Diego and LA counties. Um, and we're a little bit different. I'll remind you that we have a philosophy of independent thinking, and share success. And we like to implement that philosophy, one with unbiased guidance, another with parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves or do for our clients. In the portfolios that we have, we have a number of five portfolios and they go from very low risk to pretty high risk, depending on your personal risk tolerance. What do you want to do? We also give free portfolio review assessments. That's pretty common. We can do it via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. If you send us a message to investtalk.com, we will set up a a meeting with you and you'll be able to talk to Justin directly. If I'm available, I'll be be able to talk to you. I think after speaking with us for about 10 minutes, you will see a difference. We we we're not pushy, we're not trying to sell you products, we're not trying to convince you of anything. We're just trying to help. And we really do want to help you. We will help you. You don't have to become a client. We would love you to be a client. Don't get me wrong. I'm not we're in this business to have clients. But if that's not suitable and you don't want that, we'll help you. We'll help guide you. Sooner to contact us, the sooner you do that. The sooner you can get some help. Next, we'll fit in another caller question in 30 seconds, so hang on.
3: In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk. Invest Talk is a free download your participation makes it unique don't forget to call invest talk 88899
2: chart hey guys i wanted to get your opinion on dollar general and if now would be a good time to buy I just wanted to get your thoughts thanks
1: i think it's not because it's already had a really great run up. dollar general corporation operates 18,190 stores in 47 states they plan on opening about 1100 more stores I mean they're growing fast, their earnings are growing fast, their sales are growing about four to ten percent. I mean it's a great company, solid company. But the stock price has reflected nothing but moving up over time. And you know, here it is at $257 a share now, and that's like a twenty-something PE for a discount store. I think that's quite high. So I think it's I think you're late to the game. It needs to have a good solid pullback before I would consider it. And I would consider that to be around the two hundred dollar area, good solid pullback, okay, so I wouldn't be a buyer of it now, good company though put it on keep it on your watch list. watch it see where it goes. no data, no economic data out today, but we're going to have a bunch of it tomorrow. We'll have the durable goods numbers tomorrow p m i numbers both manufacturing and services new home new home sales tomorrow so tomorrow um you know, we have a pretty good pretty good jump of data coming in, okay? Um, I want to talk about, you know, a divided Congress before the end of the show, if we can squeeze this in. Um, we have a the Republicans going to control the House and the Democrats controlling the Senate. And that usually means confrontation. That usually means not a lot getting done. And that, the stock market likes. They don't like the government being one way or another, and they can do whatever they want—the right or the left. They want, you know, slow, deliberate moves or no moves at all, so they can evaluate what's going on on a longer-term basis. And so, I don't think usually after a divided Congress is voted in, the stock market for the first year does well, usually. Okay, but over the next two years, it's gonna be kind of, you know, sideways movement, not necessarily just up. So I don't think you can expect the market just to be good or bad just because we have a divided Congress. I do think you should look for an upward bias. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom and our goal continues after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
2: Have you heard about Riskalized? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the risk risk-alized results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Hey, I received an email from the company I work for asking me to enroll in a Growing Together plan saying that I can invest $25 to $500 per month investment will be used to acquire notional units for h3 units purchased i will receive one free and the company will guarantee that i will receive back what I put in so i cannot lose money can i have your opinion on that thank you so much bye
1: Generally, those are pretty good plans. Uh, uh, You know, the only risk you're taking is they guarantee no loss, but that's only as strong as the company is. If there's really small and tiny company and weak financially, well, them guarantee you anything is uh, suspect, right? Because the company may not survive. But generally, those are pretty good plans, and I would enroll in them. I would. You know, if I ever had that offered to me, never had, but... I, I think it's a good thing to do. Any way you can maximize your retirement savings and build build money, I would do it. But don't put everything in there. I also have an IRA, Roth IRA. You know, if if I don't, it didn't sound like they, if they had a 401k, I don't know, that would be a good plan. Because in those things, you own the money and you don't care if the company goes under because it's yours and I don't know how they structured what they're offering you. I'd have to take a look at a closer look. But generally, they're pretty good plans. So I kind of like them. Okay, uh, the last survey of retired persons aged 65 to 74. How much money do you think they have? 65 to 74. $426,000. 75 years older and up, it goes down to 357000 Now that's, that's the... Uh, Average, the median is much lower, median. Average is because they're taking into consideration very wealthy people, right, and people not so wealthy. Whereas the median is, well, this is how much in the middle of that whole gamut of from zero to how many million millions in the middle. Uh, Median, so uh, for the younger group, 65, 74, it's 164,000. Far different from 426,000. And for over 75, 83,000, way different than 357,000. One of the reasons is because you're using the money, right? You're using it. But, you know, numbers go down when you start using the money. Anyways, um, the average net worth of everybody in the United States, 1.2 million. Between the ages of 65 and 74. And nine hundred fifty-eight thousand, between seventy-five years and up—that's higher than I expected. Because now they're taking consideration, property and other things you might own. So I thought that was, I thought those that number was pretty impressive. I, I kind of enjoyed that number. Now, excess savings from COVID is over. Inflation is eaten it up. People have been spending it. We don't have, and the and you know that rise of interest rates when you eats all that up, right? It's eating it up. So we don't have that extra money that is out there anymore. During the, the, the depths of COVID, the savings rate of that one year that we shut down was 33%. People are saving money like crazy. Now we're at near all-time lows at 3.1%. So ex- excess disposable income is pretty much gone no longer there so what does that mean well that means you know we're going to be on we the saw market us you and me individually we're on our own we're not going to get free money from the government it's going to it's kind of covid stuff has disappeared and of course they're still spending a ton of money out of washington and now who knows if that's good bad or different but we you know they're gonna spend a lot of money. You cannot, I don't care who's in charge. That Washington spends money. That's what they do. I'm Steve Pease and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads, Invest Talk. You can get your download anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and we're at 47 million downloads, and we want to thank you for that. Thank you very much. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if you do download it from there. It helps spread the word of InvestTalk, and we'd like everybody to hear about it. We really do. Independent thinking, share success. This is Talk. Enjoy your holiday break, everybody. Good night.
0: InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program,